And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute and I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Lads and Powers. This is Scott Powers of The Athletic with Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. Mark, hello. We are, uh, I am in, I'm, I was going to not even know where the fuck I am. I'm in Anaheim and you're back, uh, you're, you're getting ready to go on vacation. And it would have been cool if you were in Florida and I was in California and that would have been some kind of podcast. That would have been. Uh, you said you're working. I'm not supposed to be working. So yeah. I, I like how we're on the Zoom right now and you're wearing your uh, Lakers colored purple and gold athletic t-shirt. I'm wearing the classic black and white one where we're just like, we're just corporate shills. My entire wardrobe is not, I'm sitting here with my athletic branded Yeti tumbler and, you know, I have my athletic hoodie that I wear everywhere and I've got like three athletic sweatshirts now and I'm just, a, I'm just, I am a corporate whore. <laughs> I think if we sold some of the stuff, people would buy it. I, I'm very careful not to wear athletic gear to practice because I know you're going to wear it, and I just feel like we just look like <laughs> some, a couple of weirdos. So I, I pick and choose my spots. I, I swear, like like thirty, at least 35% of our staff wears that athletic hoodie to every game. Yeah. At least, at least I'm going to games. I try to dress up a little bit more and not be quite so casual that I'm wearing a hoodie <laughs> to the game. I don't know. I'm not like a suit and tie guy, but let's go. I'll wear a button down at least. I uh, I got some custom uh, sport jackets made the other day. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited because the one's got a hoodie on it. Other one's got like a zip up thing. I don't I don't get it for like two months because I got to do some. But I, uh, yeah. I, I, when, when did you become a clothes guy? Because like you're talking, you just landed in LA and you're talking about like, where's the best sneaker shop? Uh, we were just talking about that off air. You're, so you're a sneakerhead now. You're getting custom made bespoke jackets. Like, wh- wh- where is this coming from? I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, the sneaker stuff's really just been the last few months where I've gotten into it. The, the clothes stuff, like, I, I've had custom stuff made before and have varying experiences. And honestly, I just, 
I, I'm very, I, I, I'm not like a suit and tie guy either. I just, I like something relaxed and I, I, you know, I got an email from this place. It's like, oh, they got suit coats with like hoodies. I'm like, that kind of, you know, it's sort of like in between and <laughs> like, I need something. I mean, just the fact that we're in rinks all the time, like you need something warm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, they seem cool. So I, I don't, I'm hoping they, um, it was, it's interesting because I don't know what, you know, I go in there, I don't know what the hell I want. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, just tell me what colors look right and you know, what's cool. And so. Are you going to show up to like a game in April wearing like you know like the uh, like like Russell Westbrook like dressed like Steve Urkel or something like that costs like twenty thousand dollars short suits? Is, yeah, is, that, what, is that where we're headed? Maybe knockoffs, but yeah, hopefully <laughs> the Walmart brand. Yeah, <laughs> I can afford that, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like, um, yeah, I like something comfortable with something. You know, the sneakers have been uh, yeah, it's been kind of fun to get into, and it's. Uh, I I didn't know. I, I guess two two three months ago, if you told me that New Balance was like some popular brand. Like, you know, like I always thought it was. Yeah, you told shoe. me that and I didn't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, I, and now I have like five or six different pairs of New Balance. Like it's, <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. I, I, I bought a thing. pair of Vans. I needed new sneakers. And like I, I, this, I, I, bought, I bought the same sneakers forever. And I, so, but they stopped, Nike stopped making them. So I bought a pair of Vans and I'm like, I am not cool enough to pull this off in any way. And then I didn't like them that much. So I wound up finding the pair of shoes I like, the same exact one on eBay, lightly used. And I actually bought used shoes on eBay just because I like these sneakers so much. That's yeah. how whatever the opposite of fashion forward is, that's what I am. That's how far in that direction I am. We should put these sneakers out there in case people come across them and you can just be like, people start sending you these type of sneakers from all around the, uh, the, around the Yeah, Nike uh, ring. I don't know what the, I already forgot what they're called. They're gray. <laughs> put them out they're on just, Twitter. They're just gray. Just, they're gray <laughs> point, and they point fit really well. And I have size 14, so it's hard to find comfortable shoes. And this there's is a good podcast. Like, I, it's, it's like the, I have these type of socks that I like that are uh, – uh, what's a Belega like hidden comfort? Like there's just socks I like, and it's the only type of socks I buy basically. You know, I, I knew I reached full daddom because I realized that I have like three t-shirts that I wear in rotation, and that's like, the only ones I wear. Like my dad had a Columbia shirt for my brother, a Northwestern shirt for me, and a Navy shirt for him. And he would just he st- for the last 35 years, that's all he's worn. He just rotates those three shirts. That's basically where I've reached now with t-shirts. So that's when I realized that I gi- I'd given up on life and I am full blown dad. We just need more variations of the athletic gear so we can keep you. Uh, keep I have you a going. blue one. I've got I've got a blue one nice. of these t shirts. I wear that one in the summer. Nice. Um, <laughs> so hockey, um, hockey. <laughs> um, so yesterday was the trade deadline. Um, it's over, Scott. We made it. Yeah, we did. It's, it was. God, this is the longest trade deadline. <laughs> we 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 started writing about it like the first week of January because the season was already lost, and we're like, oh, let's start hyping the trade deadline. People will be interested in that, you know? Because I think in our in our 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 biological hockey clocks, we think like late February is the trade deadline, but because everything's so screwed up calendar wise here, it was March twenty first, yeah, and oh my god, it's been forever. <laughs> and it's finally when we got to it, it's like I have nothing else. Like I, I wrote we're done. We're done. <laughs> yeah. So now, yeah, it's, it'll be all the kind of react react. Reactory, reactionary pieces there you go. to uh, to it over this next week. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 the athletic essays do grades on it, and that that was like, well, on the one hand, we expected like six or seven trades, and and that didn't happen. On the other hand, like we didn't expect Hagel to be traded. Um, so it felt like somewhere in between where the Blackhawks, like Cal Davidson, he said he was going to rebuild, and trading Hagel was a clear indication of that. Uh, on the other hand, there's probably players that are on the Blackhawks right now that he probably wish weren't and he'd gotten more draft picks for um i think i gave him a seven or eight in the scale like uh, you gave perfect- him you, you gave him an eight and i gave him a seven i, I think okay in, in, in my view like he didn't do well enough because he didn't move calvin dehan he didn't move dominic kubli guys that are just not going to be here next year probably um even if you get like a fourth round pick which is probably nothing it's better than just losing a guy for nothing but 
the things he did do, the two trades he made, the big trades he made, I mean, Ryan Carpenter for a fifth round or whatever, but the two big trades, the Flurry trade and the Hagel trade, he did very well on. Like, like you know, you and I put the, the, the likelihood of Brandon Hagel being traded at 1%. 1%. That was almost worse than saying 0%. We were so I, confident he wasn't going to get traded. I, it was more, I, and I, I I wrote that in, in that I didn't think someone was going to come with, like, it's not the way yeah. the GMs usually think. It wasn't so much that Kyle Davidson wouldn't trade Brandon Hagel. It was more that, and even this, I'm not even sure the Blackhawks got enough for Brandon Hagel. Like, I'm not, I'm not fully convinced that they, I had it two people put it this way, that the Blackhawks traded a dollar bill for a couple of quarters and a nickel and a dollar. Like, it felt like, like a lot that maybe adds up to a dollar, maybe maybe not, and it just it, it's I, I get why Kyle Davidson did it, but I don't yeah, just it's it's well, a clear I, it's a clear pointing you know like it, it's a clear pointer to that he doesn't expect to be good in a few years, you know. Right, I think you and I were both in favor of keeping Hagel, but again, I don't think either of us thought that you could get two first round picks and two actual NHL players for him. Yeah. And granted, those first round picks are not going to be you know lottery picks. They're the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're not going anywhere. But they are first-round picks. That means you have two first-round picks in each of the next two drafts. That's very good. And, and next year in particular, is supposed to be a super deep draft. Taylor Radish looks like a player to me. I know, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really small sample size. But there's clearly some skill there. He he was on that line with Debrinkit and Strom in, in, in Erie. So he comes from that same pedigree. We know he can produce. He had two assists in his home debut the other night. Uh, he looks like a... You know, it looks like a second line player to me. And Kachuk, you know, whatever. He's like, he's the 97th. The, qu- the six question guy is, are have. those guys on the team when the Blackhawks are good again? Because it feels well, like, like, in some way, Davidson is filling up, like, he needs to fill the loss up with nothing sure, until players sure. to get through these next few years. But, but, like, but, but, but Davidson's point, I guess, was, was Brandon Hagel going to still be on this team, or at least on that contract when the Hawks get good in? The thing that made Hagel so valuable, he's a 20 goal scorer. 20 goal scorers don't get two first round draft picks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's a remarkable return on paper. For but sure. what made Hagel so valuable was that contract he's on. He signed for the next two years at just one and a half million dollars. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, that is gold. I mean, that is the exact kind of player yeah, you need. Sure. So they're going for it now. So they gave up a ton to get him, which is why Davidson jumped at it, because nobody else was going to give him that kind of a package. Yeah. So, you know, Radish and Kachuk, Radish in particular, they're both signed for the next three years. They're basically on entry-level deals. It's their yeah. second contract, but they're actually cheaper than entry-level contract, like $750,000. So they're on exceptionally good deals, too. So for if sure. Radish becomes a, hell, a 35-point player, he's a tremendous value at $750,000. Yeah, definitely. And he's signed actually one year longer than Hagel is. So it's, you didn't just get futures. You got guys that you can use right now. That's that's a pretty good trade. And yeah. for Flurry. I mean, God, he had one team to deal with. Minnesota is the only place that Flurry would go to. And Bill Guerin did not want to move on that second round pick. I mean, we talked, I wrote a whole column about it. We were all, you, me, and Russo were all, you know, uh, reporting on it all weekend. Uh, he was playing a game of chicken there with uh, with uh, Bill Guerin in, in the wild. And, you know, chances are it's going to be a second round pick, but there's the possibility now that it could be a first round pick if Minnesota gets to the conference final and Flurry wins four of those games. And and frankly, if that happens, I mean, best case scenario, the Wild are going to be like the seventh, sixth or seventh seed probably in the West. That's going to be a pick in the teens. That's not going to be like the 29th pick in the draft. So there's the potential for that to be really good. And even if it's a second rounder, it's still not going to be at the bottom of the second round. Mm-hmm. So that was to get, you got Marc-Andre Fleury for literally nothing. You traded Michael Hakarainen, who Vegas wind up not even keeping. So you basically just got Marc-Andre Fleury for cap space for a year, which you had, and you got a second round, potentially first round pick out of that. That's pretty good. 
So you get it's funny. To- Rocky words is being like, I just paid seven million dollars. Like I got to- <laughs> <laughs> it. Ain't my money. Ain't my money. It's I'm a Mets fan, man. Uncle Steve can spend all the money he wants. It ain't. I don't care about the Steve Cohen tax. No, it's That's for not sure. No, it's 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 a it, obviously it's a failure in what the Blackhawks projected this team to be. But they, yeah, they yes. got yeah. It was it was a it worked out. Yeah, it, sure. it, it made it made for one good thing. It worked for out for Kyle Davidson. Too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, but it worked out for the Blackhawks in that you know would they have sold as many tickets this year if they were. If if Kevin Lankinen and 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 Arvid Soderblom or Colin Delia were the were the tandem back there, and they were ten games worse than they are right now, Mark Andre Fleury was worse the price of admission. He was very popular. You, you there, there was more you got out of him than just a conditional second round pick. The Blackhawks keep calling it a conditional first round pick. It's not. It's a conditional second round pick. But um, so there was you got tremendous value out of your eight months or whatever it was of Mark Andre Fleury's. Chicago career. There's nothing wrong with that. So yeah. even though they didn't get anything for Dahan and Kubalik, which is disappointing, I think if you're a Blackhawks fan, I think. I, I mean, I for everything I've heard, they were shopping Strom too. So like I, I, yep. I would throw the three of them in. They've and- been shopping Strom for 15 months. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I don't in the way that that Davidson put it was that, that no one valued those players the same way. They did so. Like you can take it for what it is. I I I heard that there wasn't anything close on those guys. Like they, like yeah, it just it wasn't there. I, I think part was one. Kuba League just hasn't done anything this year. Like he's been awful this year. Yeah, uh, Dahan. There maybe been two similar players out there that were around that you know. And Strom, it's I. I, I think I think Strom. What Strom's doing is realistic. It's also that to, for you to take on Strom is that you're probably gonna, you want to give Strom a. A top power play spot. You, usually, most most teams are taking on role players now. They're feeling that's goals. true. They're, they're they're not necessarily adding. Yeah, Dylan Strom's not Claude Giroux. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's where some of that comes in. I and I, I think for Dylan Strom, this is these next twenty next nineteen games have meaning to these individual players for like Strom and Kubalik, Dahan. Like it's um, I think especially Strom, it's, it's it's either you prove you're this player and you get a contract with the Blackhawks or you get a contract with someone else, but you have a I think you need to show a larger sample size that you're this player, you know, like I think right. there's, I think there's something to play for even for Lincoln. And, you know, like this is, you're the number one now. Like if you get a contract with the Blackhawks with someone else, like yeah, the Blackhawks you... have no goalies next year. Yeah. They've got Soderblom. I think, is that the only one they've gotten signed next yeah. year? Soderblum? Yeah. That's yeah. Signed, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for Strom, it's interesting because I wonder, I, I have no inside info on this, but I wonder if, you know, like we talked about, like the next, next two years here don't matter necessarily to the Blackhawks. They're not, they're not. I don't. I don't see them outright tanking, but they're not exactly going to be trying to win very hard. I mean, they're playing mm-hmm. the long game here, and then the Hagel trade is a perfect example of that. But like you said, you need guys to fill in the space. You need bodies. So what if the Hawks came to Dylan Strom and said, "You look, we're not going to give you a qualifying offer of was it three point six? Is that what he's due? 
Yeah, or something yeah, like that. We're not going to give you that. We, we that's too much, but we'll give you a two year deal for three million each, two point seven five million each. Would Dylan Strom jump at that? Rather, because most if you based on the fact that nobody wanted to give up like a second round pick for the guy over the last fifteen months, I don't think he's going to go out there and get a four year deal at you know five million a pop. Would he be willing to take less to get a couple of years of term? Just to, to be one of those placeholder guys here to play with Patrick Kane, to bump up his numbers, or maybe, maybe he loses that spot to Reichel, but he'll play with someone talented. He could bump up his numbers, and then he can get the big contract on the next time around. I wonder if maybe they don't even go to the qualifying offer route, and he signs something smaller and cheaper, uh, just an, another prove-it deal. Or, two or, things, or, or if he's just exhausted of the bullshit here and wants to start somewhere else. Well, well two things. Why, why don't the Blackhawks tank? Like, what? Like what's... I, 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 I think that... I don't see it happening because, especially in this league, it's less common because it's so gate-driven. And I think the Hawks are wary of sliding back into irrelevance, especially if, you know, Taves and Kane or, you know, if this this real possibility of these guys being moved. You can't just outright be awful in the NHL unless you're like a team like Buffalo that's just, where are you going to go from here? I don't see the Hawks willing to give up 19,000 seats a game like that. And drop down to eleven, twelve thousand. Like I think they're very wary of that possibility. So they're not going to be winning now mode, obviously. But I don't think they're going to be outright like like Arizona-ing it and trying to fail. Yeah, I, I maybe they I'm should cu- be. I'm not I'm, saying they should. I'm curious because be. it, it, a lot of this depends on a goalie. Like if they sign Kevin Lincoln and, and Arvid Soderblom, like there's a chance that they're they yes. do lose ten games. Like they, like yes. they're all of a sudden like I projected the lineup for next year. Um, and I'll have to pull it up again, but it, it was it was basically if they don't re-sign Strom, which is a possibility, it was it was the Brinkett, Reichel, Kane, uh, Taves, uh, Radish. Yeah, you lose Hagel. Like you, you, you all of a sudden you yeah. don't have a lot of top Doc, six guys. Yeah. You have Doc, and then you have like Borgstrom, and you have uh, Kira signed for next year, and Entwistle and Reese Johnson, and there's a lot of bottom six guys. You know, yeah. like if they bring Lafferty back. Um, and then defensively, you lose Dahan, and Dahan's actually had a pretty good season. So, like, obviously, yeah, McCabe or someone bounces back, then, yeah, this team's better. That's the worst but- part about this is Dahan had the bounce-back season you wanted from him, and he still didn't yeah. get anything. I really thought that he – like, you look at some of the defensemen that that got kind of bandied around in the last, like, frantic 10 minutes of the trade down, and I can't believe that some of those guys were taking over Dahan, who's – uh, he he played what six rounds of playoffs uh, 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 over uh, uh, in, not too distant in his career. He's yeah. been in the playoffs, and he's the kind of the, the left shot defensive defenseman, reliable, steady. He's managed to stay healthy now. He's played very well this season. He seems like a built for playoffs guy. I'm sh- kind of shocked that nobody took a stab at him. Yeah, no, I, I am too. A third rounder, but, even. But I, I think whoever they bring in as goalie is also an indication of what they because even when I asked Davidson yesterday about the 2023 draft, where they have. Like, you know, these three guys that are um, supposed to be amazing superstars, potentially, that, like, he, you know, he he kind of walked around and, you know, told her, tiptoed around a little bit. But, you know, he says they need to bring in that type of player to really jumpstart this. So, like, it, it would make sense, like, if, if the Blackhawks could get, you know, and who knows, maybe Cannon Taves are traded the next trade deadline. But, it, like, there's no reason why the they Blackhawks... They could be traded have, this summer. I mean, it's... Right. But, but if the Blackhawks wanted to... Uh, still get the gate for those guys. Like, there's no re- like they're, they don't have to be motivated to trade them until the trade deadline next year. You have them for the whole season. You draw tick. You bring in tickets. You maybe yeah. losing games. Yeah, and, and you're playing for. Yeah, I don't. I, 
they they not having that pick this year it's it's, it's such a you know like it's so hard from the jump start this without having that like you you can't sign those type of players what know? happens like, what happens let's say they win the lottery and they get the number two pick overall next year do they want that no I because then I, you I, lose I, it the next year when it's supposed to be like the great draft yeah I you don't yeah, want to you don't you don't you don't want to be uh. You don't, you don't want to get your nail Yakupov when you could be having, what's his name, Bedard or something like that. Yeah, I, I think they just want to get that over with and uh, move on. And See, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, I think the goalie thing is important because if Flurry did, like Flurry's numbers ended up not being great, but we, we you know, to see them every day. It was, game, it was like, funny. Like everyone's like, why are they trading so much for Flurry? Flurry's garbage this year. Look at his numbers. Look at his GSVA. It's second worst league. No, nah, no. Nah. Look, I'm all for advanced numbers, but if you watched him this year, you know that when he's on and he's on frequently, that he can still steal a game, like single-handedly. Yeah, I think there were too many games that that just got away from him, you know, or just yeah. you know, and, and, being, and a lot of it was on the Blackhawks, you know, like it play, was just, play, playing for the Blackhawks as a goalie. It's got to come with just a giant asterisk. I think it also speaks to how good Leonard and Crawford were because yeah. they actually faced higher quality shots, and you know, like at least when you look at the metrics, the high danger and stuff. Like the Blackhawks were giving up more shots in recent years, and. I think it really speaks to where Crawford and Leonard were, how just how great the, those guys the, were. The Leonard know? situation was similar too. They got a second round pick for a team that was good, but and already had a goalie, but wanted another goalie. Like Cam Talbot yeah. was an all star this year for Minnesota. He's not great, but he was an all star this year, and he's played great recently. The last little stretch yeah. here, so the, the, the situations were very similar. I, I'm a little surprised the Hawks didn't like try to get either Talbot or uh, Kapo Kakinen back. I think Kakinen wound up going to San Jose in a separate trade. Because uh, Minnesota didn't have room for him with Flurry coming in, because I thought they would bring in maybe a veteran, like just to play out the string here, and then uh, and then to maybe sign for next year cheap. Because I, I do think they're going to wind up signing some one of these journeyman goalies who seems to be on a different team every year is going to be teamed up with Lankinen or Soderblom or or whoever it winds up being. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be Lankin so Lankin and Soderblom. Um, that like you said, if it is that, then yes, this is a tank. This is just. <laughs> And that's no offense to those guys. They're just not proven number one goalies in this league. Yeah. And you, you're you're sending a message to your team if those are the goalies you put behind your – when three years ago the Blackhawks were putting $11 million into their goaltending, if you're putting 1.4 into it next year, you're, you're, you're sending a message to your team. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, and yeah, I feel like there's like, – obviously there's a Hagel trade that shows the rebuild, but how far of a rebuild is – it's it's what's going to happen with Strom. It's it's what's going to happen with the goalies. Like there's more. Right, I'll put you on the spot. This t- at this point next year, the day after the NHL trade deadline next year, whenever that is, hopefully not as late in the year. This this one was. Are Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves still Blackhawks? You can I separate so. them out. You think both of them are? I, I I think they both realize that they're. I don't know. The win three cups early. Like it, I think it changes. You know, like they certainly want to win, but. I think both of them understand at some level their legacy and what they mean to the Blackhawks rather than someone else. I don't I don't get the sense they want to go chasing a cup. Like I, I think they realize I think Taves loves being captain. I think he loves that responsibility of being that guy who, you know, gives everyone a fist bump afterward just to be a guy who skates off the, you know, off the ice with everyone else. I don't think I, I think I think his emotions it will always carry him and that he'll be upset about this stuff. And, and that you want them to be, but I think at the end of the day that he wants to be cap and he wants to be that. I think I think Kane being you know being asked about passing, you know Makita or Savard or you yeah. know like I think those things also matter to him. Um, I think I think if Davidson can sell to them that you know the next year is going to be really bad, you know, and and there's a possibility that we get a you know a, a game changer, um, and if Reichel shows promise and um, you know like. 
maybe you know like there's like it, it obviously has to it has to escalate pretty quickly for the rebuild to for them to be good again while Keenan Taser are here. But if, if you can sell them on that, and then part of it's you need to sell them on the next contracts, right? Like it's yeah. it, it, you have to. They, they both can't be worth ten point five million again for this to work. <laughs> if the Brinkett's going to get a new contract, so I mean, Kane <laughs> is still a ten million dollar player. That's the yeah problem. for sure. Um, so I I tend to think they're both both here. Um, but yeah, I. I it's tough. You know, I, I talked to Jonathan Taves on, what was it, Friday night. I, yeah. uh, you know, we had a, a nice conversation about, you know, we, I, I was, I'm going on vacation, so I was scheduled to talk to him for a, uh, um, about his thousandth game that's coming up. And uh, obviously, this that was the day the Hegel trade happened. So obviously, I asked him about that, and the conversation kind of got derailed a bit. But we talked for at length about the, the, the Hegel trade and what it means. And it was similar to when I talked to him back in October of 2020 when they let Corey Crawford walk and they traded Brandon Sod and they were they starting the, 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 the ill-fated rebuild from Stan Bowman. Uh, he wants to win. And I get that. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being upset when you see good players, you know, traded for futures. Like, that's a valid okay experience, uh, uh, sentiment to have. Like, that's not Jonathan Taves bitching and complaining. That's Jonathan Taves being frustrated because he wants to win. But I think he also sees the big picture. And, and you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, you know, Taves being necessarily dissatisfied with the team and, and things like that. I think he's just, you know, he's being open and honest about how he feels. It's been a frustrating five years for these guys, and it's going to be a couple more frustrating years. And I think that's okay. Um, if I would, I, I think Kane stays. I've been saying that all along. I know that he's the one that's, you in theory, would get you the most return. You are not going to get an adequate return for Patrick Kane. Whether you trade him at the uh, the draft over the summer, at next trade deadline, you are not going to get a Patrick Kane's worth of talent back. It's just not going to happen, especially at his age, even though we know he's going to be good for years to come. So I think Kane you wind up keeping. Taze, I'm not sure. Because you're right, he does love being the captain of the box. And he's really good at it. Like, I think people see some of these comments and think, oh, this is just a, you know, a sourpuss who doesn't want to be here anymore. Taves loves working with young players. He's really good at it. He puts in the time. He's the one who takes guys out for breakfast. The, the guys they always talk about it. He, in, whenever there's a new guy on the team, whether it's a, a rookie or a trade, like a, a radish and a chook, I'm sure they've already been out to dinner with Jonathan Taves. That's how it works. Taves takes them out. He invites them out with the guys. He makes them feel part of the club. The, the players come in and they're in awe of him and he immediately puts them at ease. He's really, really good at working with young players. We see him working with Kirby Doc on face-offs and guys like that. He likes to put in that effort. He likes being the captain and he's good at it. There's no reason he can't be the captain of a rebuilding team. We see it in LA. You know, Dustin Brown certainly isn't the player he was. You could argue whether he was ever really a very good player or not, but he's been a good captain for a young team, and he's a big reason why that team is on the upswing right now. There's no reason Jonathan Taves can't do that. He is fully equipped to do that. He has to just accept the fact that this is the reality and that this team isn't going to win for a little while, and this is your new lot in life. You got those three cups. You banked those three cups. But imagine the satisfaction. Imagine how it would feel to get back to that point, still in Chicago after walking through the wilderness all these years. That's what you got to sell him on. You got to sell him on the long term here. I'm not sure you can, but I don't think it's, you know, people, some of those people, I think some people read those comments and said, oh, he's fucking gone. I don't think it's that. Yeah, but there there has to be some reality. I think Taves is is probably coming to grips with it too. One one, he's not the same player, and and, and he he refuses that. to acknowledge that. Like he firmly believes that you know he, he his health is not all the way back. He still doesn't feel like he has got well, his I, body back. I, I guess he, he thinks he, he could be right, right. Selkie winning teams again. Fair, but I'm just saying that he's not there yet. So like some of it's like the reality of his numbers and his how. He's no, playing. no, I, I think. I, you and I, I think anyone could tell you, you're not going to get better at age 34. 
Yeah. Like Taves, Taves' ceiling now is lower than it was five, 10 years ago. He doesn't believe that though. And I, I think that's what separates pro athletes from the rest of us in some ways is this just absolute defiance and unwavering self-belief. That's what made Jonathan Taves great, right? But it also makes him sound delusional sometimes when we hear some of these things that he says. But, you know, I think you have to take all of that with a grain of salt. He's trying to be that player again. I think the other part is that it's it's also ultimately the reality of what's what they're worth too. Like it, it even if you wanted to move Patrick Kane, like it, it's probably easier to do at the trade deadline because then you you eat half of his cap. With Taves, I don't even know if you can trade him for half his cap. You'd I have to launder like, it. You'd have to go three ways. You'd have to launder it through somebody it, else. Like probably. that's 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 the the hard part too. It's like I don't know if like no one has a lot of ten point five to trade for Kane even at the beginning of this you know in the summer. Like that stuff's really hard. Like I they're worth more to the Blackhawks throughout most of the next season. And then it's up to Kane and Taves. Like if Kane and Taves both say that we're not re-signing and they're offered, even if they're off, you know, I guess, I guess we get a, like if Davidson wants them back, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's all in their court. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if they said they don't want to, then you figure out a way to trade them. Like you, you got to do that at the deadline and get what you can get back. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it, it'll be fascinating. Like it, it's certainly going to dominate the the storylines here for the next whatever bit. And, um, and, and I'm sure Kane and Taves need to kind of sit down with them, you know, either, with each other and the agent Pat Brisson and, and Davidson and figure out what they want because it, it they're yeah it's it's not going to be good for a bit here you know unless something even if Reichel and like they're they're going to I think deplete this team enough that even if like Reichel and Doc take those next steps it's really hard for this team to win and um yeah someone that's I I think I think that Hagel trade was you know Taves said you know if, if Hagel can go why can't any of else go right I mean, that right. was it was a really eye opener and, and it, I think it also almost, shows you just how much they respected Hagel like they thought he was legit. Yeah, well, for sure, and you, you knew that he was signed from all. Like, you usually don't see someone traded that has years left on his contract. You know, like it's. Yeah. Um, you feel bad for Hagel because you know he, he even sat out. You know, he's going to sit out a bit to get, try to get more money in his contract. Like his contract situation was so messed up where he was going to have arbitration rights for a couple of years, and um, yeah, he's you know like he <laughs> the guy just went to Tampa and this is a good situation, but he's still underpaid for a couple of years. Oh, you yeah. know, like one point five. So. Um, yeah, they, it's 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 really interesting, and it's such a because Davidson's rebuild will be so much easier if Kane and Taves weren't involved. You know, like it's just everything would be smooth. Well, hey, Hagel's on the East Coast now, where they have real bagels, so maybe he can get a sponsorship deal that he couldn't get in Chicago. He can help make make up some of that pay gap. You know, we were talking about sneakers. I actually was working on a Hagel sneaker story. Like, he, oh, that's really, right. We kept we kept kicking that one down the road. Yeah, like I did, I was waiting on. <laughs> so I gotta I gotta talk to Joe Smith to see if uh, yeah, just yeah. run it. You still run it. Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things that sometimes these uh, trades. Ha- I was like, ah, oh, just I'll I'll wait, and then I was I was trying to get something from him, and he, I, I didn't get it back soon enough, so we didn't go with it. So yeah, just there's a, a Hagel sneaker story that may or may not. Never yeah, and I and day. I wanted and I, and I had this great idea to sit down with Mark Andre Fleury and Eddie Olchek and talk about the 2003 Penguins, which I covered, and Olchek coached, and Fleury was a rookie for, and that would have been fun to talk about how terrible that team was, and that story never happened either. Trade maybe if, sucks uh, right maybe Eddie's doing a NBC uh, or a TNT game in uh, in Tampa. You can go down there. And, uh, yeah, I feel like it loses some of the juice because we're not, not all Tampa, we're, we're not all in Chicago together now. You know. Yeah, no, it's a little <laughs> bit different. Yeah. So these last nineteen games of the season, what is it you're looking for? Like, obviously, the wins and losses don't really matter at this point. What is the one thing you want to key on? I'm curious if they recall Reichel. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, like I think it, it's, it's all about the future now. It's, 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 it's you know, what, what is Radish like over these 19 games? I think Reichel's. Uh, you know, again, Davidson said that he's not afraid of burning the year, and I, I, I've come around to thinking that it makes more sense, you know, financially probably to burn it now than than wait again. And you know, the more I've watched Reichel and Rockford, 
Um, you know, you assume Vlasic and some of these guys keep on getting opportunities and Lincoln, like there's some relevance there. And I think, I think the fact that I no longer have to ask questions about the trade deadline or ask Rome <laughs> about it, you know, like there's like, it feels like you can go back to hockey a little bit and you can start focusing on some of the, some of the details and, you know, like it, it, some of these guys' performance does matter. And, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm interested in see how some of these guys respond and some of. Um, you know, Lincoln and Nett, you know, like we certainly get more of Kevin Lincoln in, in interviews too. He's always fun and interesting. And um, although we'll be missing Flurry, although we didn't get a chance to talk to Flurry here in the last few Hardly weeks, ever, pretty yeah. quiet with since the deadline stuff. But yeah, I, th- I think the young stuff, you know, just the, you know, having these, there's a lot of young pieces on this team that could be part of the Blackhawks' future and they'll get some larger opportunities and, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, curious for, with some of that stuff for me. I mean, for, I was, I, I was really wanted to focus on these young defensemen, these last little stretch, but having DeHaan still here, it complicates things. There's not yeah. a lot of spots. Seth Jones is going to play. Calvin DeHaan's going to play. Connor Murphy's going to play. Jake McCabe's going to play. There's only a couple of spots every day. And you know, they're not going to just, Boyer is I, probably not gonna they, play. they should well, be still going to like, you just know that they're going to keep him in the rotation when they probably shouldn't. No offense to Gustafson. He's not part of the future here. They got to get these young guys some games. But I think we are we're, we're not going to get as much of them as we expected yeah. to because the deadline didn't go exactly according to plan. There there should have been a third spot freed up and there wasn't. And I mean maybe, you know, this injuries don't always happen and Connor Murphy's not back yet. Maybe you just say, "You know what, Connor? Why don't you just uh not put yourself back out there after the concussion or whatever and uh, and and just take it easy?" Uh maybe that frees up a spot. I don't know, but like I wanted to see more of uh Jakob Galvis. I wanted to see more of Vlasic obviously and Isaac Phillips is an interesting uh piece and you know all these I think guys say they, they only have so many recalls now too like it's, and it's they, they, they seem really intent on getting the playoffs in rockford i think they think that's the best development step they can have is have these guys playing major minutes in rockford they sent Velasic down on paper yesterday so he he can play in there too and i right i, I, so I, I, I don't thinking. think they necessarily want them in chicago because we might see a lot of eric gustafson because maybe they just want galvis playing 25 minutes a night in a playoff yeah. race instead of meaningless games against the anaheim ducks yeah I, I do feel like there's value. Like if, if you see guys that are going to play in the NHL next year, there's there's value in at least giving these guys some more games to play at that level. You know, mm-hmm. like there's just I, I think getting yeah. I, I guess then they, they need to decide on the ten games, but having Reichel just play at that level and just just be that much more ready for next season. Like where you expect him to be a full time player, and you know, not that he's the next Zegers, but you know, you saw how Zegers took that jump last year where he got a lot of games with Anaheim and yeah. um, certainly what he's doing now. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm more interested now in the team than I think it was before the deadline. Like you just you weren't sure who was going to be around and what was, um, you know. I'm sure over the next few days a lot of the questions will be about the deadline stuff. But I, I think there's something for these guys to prove, and there's something interesting about this hockey team where you know, um, you pretty much know who the group is going forward at least for for a bit here. So, um, yeah, I'm yeah I'm kind of interested in the hockey again where I think I was a bit disinterested in, in the last few weeks. <laughs> where it, it, it was all just the deadline stuff and who was yeah. Who was going to still be standing here today? And we still we we we've barely even touched. We we every now and then we mention it, but there's still the head coach issue. I yeah, mean, for sure. Like it's not a guarantee that Derek King's not going to get the job. I, I think that a lot of people are just assuming he's a placeholder. But if you're going to be like hardcore rebuilding the next years, are you going to go out and bring in like some awesome super veteran coach, or is Derek King maybe your Rick Renteria of the Cubs? He's the guy that's going to kind of you know usher in you know. W- Keep the ship upright and loose for these next couple of years. He's good with the young players. He's worked with the young players in Rockford. Maybe he is the guy for the next two years. And then, you know, he because you, you replace Dennis Savard with Joel Quenville when it's time to turn things serious again. Maybe that's Derek King's fate. I'm I'm more convinced that it's a possibility Derek King stays than I was before. And again, the Brandon Hagel trade, that was the big signal, right? 
This is a hardcore rebuild. This isn't some half-assed rebuild. Maybe Derek King is the guy for the next year or two because he has the right mindset for a young team that's not going to win a lot of games. He can keep you focused and having fun. Maybe there's something to that. I think I think the whole divide that he creates it, it's huge. Like even in, like I, for it's us, underrated the, what he's done this year. I know the team isn't good, but oh my god, from where this team was mentally in early November to where it is now, it's it's unbelievable. Well, even I, I think I mean not to make us the part of the story, but just taking questions to the media and stuff. Like you can create an atmosphere around the team by what you say and you know how you say yeah. it and how you react. And um, I, I think. Derek King's walked that line, you know, like he and he's honest. Like he'll, he'll he'll be brutally honest, but he'll do it like in a way that doesn't make him sound like an asshole about it. Yeah, I, I think it's important for whomever they whomever the next coach is that the wins and losses they just can't matter to you. Like you can't, right. you know, like it. It's got to be about the development. It's got to be about the process of getting the Blackhawks eventually to where you want them to be. But understanding that it's not going to happen overnight, you know, like it's next season may be tough. Maybe two years from now it'll be too tough. It just you got to eventually get to where you need to be, and and you're creating, um, you know, creating good habits, and um, you know, just creating that vibe. So yeah, I I, I would have been surprised. I think when Derek King was hired, whether he'd still be that, but having just yeah, just experienced him enough and seeing how he's dealt with this team, I I don't I don't think there's any reason not to have Derek King unless we're, there's something we're just not yeah you know like we're not privy to all information. But and on, if you're some stud coach out there, and you, is this the job you're going to take? There's always jobs. If you're a guy like a like you know when Gerard Gallant was available, he was able to pick and choose the spot he wanted to go to. If you're if you're like a top tier coach, this isn't the job you want right now. This is the job you want in a few years. So I don't think that the, that there's some amazing candidate out there that they're not going to get a super experienced guy or they're going to get like a Mike Yo type, which good god, another like retread or something like that. Yeah. You know, Unless there's why not stick with the guy that's working. Yeah. Unless there is a developmental coach that, or someone that you. Oh find sure, no. If, if, if there's someone there, but I I think after Jeremy Colleton, they're wary of picking some rather relatively yeah. obscure name and giving him control. Now, Colleton, of course, was told this is a playoff team right away, and it, it just didn't work out. You know, King has the luxury of, you know, everyone's aware of the situation. It's out there. It's public. Everyone knows the GM is on board with the long term. Uh, David King is the guy that Davidson picked. Remember, when he, you know, a week into his job, Davidson fired Colleton and gave it to King. So he sees something in him. And I think we've all seen that he can be a guy that could, you know, in, 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 in lousy weather, he can kind of keep things going straight. So uh, I, I do think that there's you – know, more and more I've thought about it the last week or two, the more and more I think Derek King is a viable candidate to, to keep this job for a couple of years. At yeah, least. no, for sure. And then it sounds like everything Andres Orson's doing in Rockford, you know, like they, they – Yeah, they're doing like, well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if this is the developmental plan that's working and, um, you know, there's going to be more guys added to the – Mix, you know, the, Nolan Allen signed for next year. We'll see if they bring him aboard Louis Crevier. And, um, yeah, I don't know if any of them are – again, it's the process. Like, Alex Vlasic, we may not see in the NHL again for a couple of years, you know? like Sure. I, I think that's I think that's what's interesting, too, is that it's it's going to have to be so much in sync between Rockford and Chicago in the next couple of years and just getting these guys to where you want them to be in three years and having guys that are NHL cal- you know, capable. And, and the thing is they have an abundance of defensemen and maybe some of those guys become valuable for trade ships too later on, you know, like when you need to start, I guess, acquiring. Real, that was Stan know. Bowman's thing, right? Is every player was an asset, not a player. That's how we looked at them <laughs> yeah. for better or worse. But yeah, and, and obviously Derek King and Andre Sorensen have a, a working, a good working relationship together. They were on the same staff. So uh, we know that that dynamic between them is healthy. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 a viable path forward at this point. Yeah. What uh, what are you gonna do in Florida? Uh, we're visiting my parents for a few days um, in a in a nine hundred square foot one bathroom 
Verbo that they've got in, in, in on, on the Gulf Coast with the six of us with one bathroom. So that's going to be a nightmare, all nightmares. <laughs> and then we're doing – then I'm uh, – I'm foregoing the kids' hopes of ever going to college because we're spending three days at Universal to go to nice. Harry Potter. We were supposed to do this two years ago for my daughter's birthday when she was at the peak of her Harry Potter obsession. Um, and then it was literally like three days after COVID hit, we were supposed to leave. So that didn't happen. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're excited. My younger one's old enough now to, to be into it too now. So it's hoping for a good time, a very expensive good time. <laughs> good. Uh, well, hopefully we don't hear from you. Stay off Twitter, which I know is pretty yeah. much impossible. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I'll tweet more for in, in your place. I would love to see you just randomly out there, just 50 tweets a day spouting politics and, you know, just, you know, ripping on Republicans and, you know, uh, every detail of your family life on there. I, I think you should do that just for one okay. week, just to see what my hell is. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exhausting. My, my self-inflicted hell. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, I think I'm going to try to get my own guests next. I think we're going to do without you next week in the podcast. That's right. I got, I got Phil Thompson when uh, it was good timing. I got Phil yeah. Thompson when you were on vacation. I, so. uh, yeah, I'm going to try and, uh, maybe Phil will just jump on board again. We'll just keep Phil's the, uh, <laughs> he's the only one who does that. Carson yeah. back up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I, with someone, I will be back here at least next week, probably without Laz. And then Laz will be here the following week. And we actually are kind of winding down the season. It's going to be April here soon. And, uh, although they play through the end all, like I think April twenty like, eighth is the last day of the season. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, it's there's not many there's not many road games left, and so yeah, uh, the season is winding down, and certainly after the trade deadline, I'm sure the conversations will change to more of the future. And but uh, it'll yeah, be more. Some, is Patrick Kane going to get traded? Talk. Get yes, ready. I'm sure I'm, oh God. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a lot of different content up we're, there. We're, and, we're getting a feel for what it's like to be a Sabres writer for the last like 150 <laughs> years. <laughs> Uh, God, it just the, they have a first round pick. This should be a lot more easier, you know. Oh, easier to write re- about. Remember, remember when they won the lottery and and, and and they got the number three spot that they wound up taking Kirby Doc with? Just how many subscriptions we sold on hyping that number three pick? <laughs> what are we going to write about when they have like the number thirty seven pick or whatever the hell it's going to be? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be bothering Corey Prom and Scott Wheeler a whole lot over the next month or two. I'm going to be taking a sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, enjoy your trip. And uh, it will be back at you. So I, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus and Powers. Later. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try?